I'm Ben Davies, and this is The Clear Money Mindset. Welcome to The Clear Money Mindset, providing you with help and tips to manage your money in a clear and intentional way. I'm your host and financial advisor, Ben Davies. At Davies Financial Sterling Mutuals, we want to provide you with meaningful tips to help you with your money. Today, we are going to look at four uses for life insurance you may not know about. Most understand the basic buy term and invest the different strategy, which looks at funding debts and future income needs with term insurance. And then as needs decrease over time, you lower the amount of insurance you have until you no longer need life insurance at all. This is not a bad strategy. And if you save along the way, it can work out really great. But there are some reasons you might use life insurance later in life, in retirement, for estate planning, um, that are worth looking at. Now, there's a caveat. This type of planning really needs to be done with a team, an advisor, an accountant, and a lawyer together. All right, reason number one, final expenses. Everyone knows the saying that there's two things that are sure in life, and that is death and taxes. And many people feel there's no reason to carry life insurance into retirement, but when purchasing a life insurance product that has a level cost and ensures you to age 100, you're simply reallocating savings to another place to pay for final expenses that are sure. So why would I keep some life insurance into retirement? Well, covering final expenses or taxes would be one reason. And part of the reason you do this is to prevent you from having to redeem lump sums of RSPs or RRIFs in your retirement. Large withdrawals could increase your average tax rate. Depending on income, it could cause an OAS clawback, and it could affect things like the guaranteed income supplement if you qualify for it based on your income. It helps you avoid redeeming investments that attract income taxes since life insurance is paid out tax-free. It becomes a very efficient way to save for those final expenses. Another reason would be is if you live on a pension and your income is very limited and you don't have a lot of savings, it might be a good idea to allocate some of that savings toward a life insurance plan. So if you or a loved one passed away, the money would be there for the funeral. Reason number two, paying taxes on a family property. You've heard the stories. An elderly couple passes away and the family cottage is put up for sale because of the taxes being triggered on the death of those parents. If you own a secondary property, it does not apply for the principal resident exemption when you sell it. That means there will be a taxable gain in most cases when it's sold unless it's being sold at a loss. For family cottages or rental properties, that have been in the family for years, there's a very good chance there's a sizable taxable gain if it were to be sold. So the problem is when you pass away or when the owners pass away, that capital gain is realized or triggered and taxed to your estate, whether you sell the property or not. So what winds up happening is the family has to make a decision. Someone needs to come up with the cash to pay the capital gain in order to keep the property or the property needs to be sold to pay the taxes on that gain. So how can life insurance help with that? Well, you can work with an accountant and a financial advisor to find out what the taxable gain is now 
and project what it might grow into into the future. If the family takes out a life insurance policy on the parents for the amount projected, they can help ensure that there's cash available to pay the taxes and keep the property in the family. The parents could pay for it on their own, or in some cases, the family bands together and pays for this coverage as a way for each of them to contribute to the ability to keep the cottage or keep the rental property. Other ways this concept can be used are things like this. One family member does not want to own the property, but wants their share of the inheritance in cash. Well, you can use life insurance to fund that. One family member wants to buy out the others to either keep the primary home or purchase the secondary home. That family member could use life insurance on their parents to fund buying out members of the family if the parents were to pass away. In both cases, life insurance could be purchased on the lives of the parents by the sibling that wants to buy the others out, or life insurance could be purchased to pay inheritance out in cash for the sibling's share of the estate so that the property doesn't need to be sold. This same concept can be applied to family farm or business if one sibling wants to buy the business or the farm on the death of their parents. This very same concept is used in corporations that have large amounts of cash invested inside and sometimes it's a very efficient thing to do to buy life insurance, fund it and have it pay out to the shareholders tax free. But again, that takes a bit of advanced tax planning and should not be done without consulting a lawyer and accountant along the way. The third way that you can use life insurance that you might not have known about or thought about is a charitable donation. And many charities survive because of the people who have the means to give large bequests. Many people over the years have left part of their estates to charities and these large gifts help the charity keep on going into the future and they create a legacy for those who gave the money. Life insurance is a very efficient way to give to a charity upon your passing. And there are two main ways you can do this. The first is to purchase a life insurance policy on yourself with the charity as a beneficiary. So the way this works is you own the policy and pay the monthly premiums. Upon death, the charity receives the death benefit, but your estate receives a tax receipt for the donation which is equivalent to the death benefit. This is a great way to lower taxes on your estate and leave a meaningful gift behind. The second way is to purchase a life insurance policy on yourself, but have the charity own the policy. This is a good option for those who are looking to leave a legacy, but would benefit from the yearly tax deduction, or better put, you'd benefit from the tax deduction right now, as opposed to later uh, when you pass away. Instead of the lump sum being credited as a donation on your passing, because the policy owner is the charity, you receive a tax receipt for the premiums you pay each year. This again maximizes the impact of the dollars invested. It's received tax-free by the charity and gives you a regular charitable donation receipt every year. This is good for those with higher retirement incomes who are looking for a long-term strategy to lower their income taxes over time, but want to make a lasting impact. And number four, uh, topping up retirement savings. For many, the death of a spouse means the loss of pension income or a significant drop in pension income. As well, for those with defined benefit pensions, 
when you're assessing the options you have, a lot of times you have the ability to have a higher benefit up front, but a lower payment to the spouse if you were to pass away. Or you can choose to have a lower benefit up front, and that would increase the amount your spouse gets per month if you were to pass away. Well, life insurance can become a very handy tool in cases like this. For example, if a couple picked the higher income up front and then used part of that higher monthly income to fund a life insurance policy that would leave a lump sum to the surviving spouse, it could allow them to live on a higher income now knowing that even though the pension's going to drop when the pension holder passes away, there'll be a life insurance policy in place that will help fund the difference. This can allow you to have a higher standard of living while both spouses are alive. This can be really meaningful in that it allows both spouses to have a higher standard of living and have a higher quality of retirement while the two are alive, which is important. So, Four uses of life insurance that you may not know about. Uh, final expenses, paying taxes on a family property, charitable donations, topping up retirement savings. Again, all these strategies require some advanced planning and should not be taken on without legal accounting and financial advice, but they provide some unique ways to solve some very common problems that come up for retirement and estate planning. If you think one of these strategies might fit your current situation, well, contact us at office at daviesfinancial.ca and we can help you evaluate your current situation and see if one of these strategies is the right fit for you. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be taken as legal, financial, or professional advice. The opinions expressed are those of the participants and are for informational purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of Sterling Mutuals, Inc. Mutual funds and ETFs provided through Sterling Mutuals, Inc. Commissions, trailing commissions, management fees, and expenses all may be associated with mutual fund investments. Please read the fun facts before investing. Mutual funds are not guaranteed, their values change frequently, and past performance may not be repeated.